You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. Greetings, everyone. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily, episode 1516. Today's topic is part two of our educational barn building series. Welcome to Barn Building 101, brought to you by Morton Buildings at mortonbuildings.com. Well, Glenn here, founder of the Horse Radio Network and host of Horses in the Morning, and we are continuing our educational series right now on building yourself a barn that you're going to be happy with from now into the future. As you know, we've done a couple of these educational series, one on insurance and one on trailers that have proved to be very popular, and you guys wanted to hear about barns. So in this part two, we have Dennis Lee with us. He's equestrian product line manager at Morton Buildings, and in this part, we're going to discuss the style of horse stall that you want. There's so many different styles. And if you missed part one, go to horseradionetwork.com slash barn to take a listen. Well, talking about stalls, Dennis, there are so many things to think about. And of course, materials you're making out of it is one of the one of the things, you know, size and all that stuff's important. But also, what what are the walls? What are the doors? What's everything made out of? Yeah, so that's a huge consideration for uh for your clients to to, to make. You know, we want to build a, a safe, uh, very functional, as well as a stylish stall. Uh, you know, your horse spends the, the majority of their time in a barn in a stall. Uh, the majority of injuries in stall barns occur in the stall. So, you know, the, the quality of materials is absolutely paramount in a horse stall. Actually, the number one cause of injury in stall barns is actually a backed out fastener in your stall lumber. So, you know, we want to make sure that we're using a, a heavy duty ring shank hand drive nail or a, a good heavy duty structural screw. Many builders will use nail guns just for, for speed and cost. And those nail gun nails will almost immediately start to back out and you, know, you can have, you know, sorts of injuries from backed out fasteners. Uh, the lumber your stall is built from, we use a number one grade Southern yellow pine tongue and groove two by eight. Uh, many builders will use uh, either just a, a spruce pine fir or a lower quality uh, softwood type of square edge plank for, for cost. Um, yellow pine is the strongest of all the softwoods, so that's the reason that we use it. Uh, and many builders will use a tongue and groove board in the stall front for aesthetics only. Whereas we use a tongue and groove board throughout the entirety of the stall so that the two boards lock together to help prevent separation or splintering when a stall uh, is is kicked. Doors is a <laughs> this is a one that we've had this uh, discussion on our show before, and that's sliding doors versus hinge doors. And it's kind of one of those discussions that people either fall one side or the other. Uh, what do you find when you're when you're having that discussion with people? That that's a very uh, very polarizing uh, opinion. Typically. <laughs> I've had so, both, and I could argue for yeah, both in court. I really exactly. Yeah. yeah, I I come from the Western world. Uh, you know, we we have uh, rainers, rain cow horses, uh, you know, versatility ranch horses. So the sliding style stall door is, seems to be much more steeped in our uh, in our history. Uh, the sliding stall door uh, is probably the most basic, the most utilitarian. Uh, it saves the most amount of space in the uh, in the barn aisle. Uh, and generally speaking, it's going to be the least expensive. As far as a hinged front style stall, uh, we typically see those in what's referred to as a European or Euro style stall front. You'll see those a lot in uh, 
hunter jumpers, dressage, uh, warm blood type horses, uh, some of the polo type communities where, you know, you don't have the large, you know, track across the front. It's more like a, a scalloped front uh, European style. So one of the things, too, you don't want to skimp on is hardware on the sliding doors, because we've all been to that barn that they just don't work because the hardware is mm-hmm. just terrible. Um, good hardware on a sliding door is a necessity if you want to use it after three or four years. Yeah, quality is key. Uh, you know, so we see a lot of um, stall fronts that are, are kind of, uh, you know, self-assembled or or just cobbed together with local hardware you want to have a stall front that really is designed to work uh, together not just a, a high quality uh, durlin type of roller uh, that will last longer than a than a cheap galvanized roller a good quality latching system our stall doors will actually latch in any position throughout the travel of the door so if you want to open the door a foot and latch it place your wheelbarrow in front of that opening, go in and muck your stall. The horse can't bust out past you. So that's a really well-designed latch. And then uh, on your sliding doors, a, a door keeper system or a door retainer system on the bottom. So the door can't be pushed away from the stall, either in its open or closed position. So yeah, a good, well-designed uh, hardware system on your stall front is very important. And then the other thing with hinge doors, if you have stalls opposing each other on opposite sides, you need a wider aisle. Then you would Absolutely. with a sliding door, right? So, yeah, your stall stall doors really need to be four feet wide to give room for horse and handler to pass. Uh, so if you have a 12-foot wide uh, barn aisle and you have a, a you know four-foot wide door open on either side of the stall or either side of the aisle, you're greatly reducing the travel area uh, in that uh, in that barn. Also, if you if you know, a lot of these hunter jumper type programs will have tack trunks in mm-hmm. front of their stalls, so take into consideration where that door is going to swing uh, when you have tack trunks placed in front of the stalls. So, what safety considerations should you take into account when you're planning for your stalls? I mean, we've all had if you've had horses for any amount of time, all of us have had the cast horse, right? I don't care what the stall, how big the stall is, or what it's made out of. We have to deal with that, but how can we do the best we can to avoid injury? So a, a good safe footing in your stall. Uh, we love stall mats and a well compact base. Uh, a door that is no less than four feet wide. Four feet is by far the most common in the industry. Uh, I personally prefer to place a sliding stall door on the right-hand side of the stall, sliding to the left when you walk in front of it. So, you know, typically we're going to lead a horse in our right hand. And if your stall door slides from right to left, you can reach, grab that door latch, slide the stall to the left, and you can enter the stall with the horse without ever having to cross paths directly in front of the horse. You know, we know directly in front and directly behind are the no-go zones on horses. So if that stall door slides right to left, you can open, enter, and release the horse without having crossed in front of them. So we've talked about sliding versus swinging. What are the other considerations for stall doors? So there's several different uh, design styles when it comes to stall doors themselves. Uh, Our basic uh, entry-level stall door is going to be a a pipe top with a tongue and groove lumber fill bottom. We also have options for um, operable yoke tops so your horses can hang their heads out when you want to and close it when you don't want them to. Uh, We also offer a pipe 
top and pipe bottom. Now, when we go to a pipe bottom door, we do reduce the spacing of that pipe in the bottom. So if you had a mini or something, they couldn't get a hoof between the, the pipes and the bottom of that door. I'm personally a huge fan of the pipe bottom door because you can walk down the aisle of your barn and in an instant you can look into that stall you can see if a horse is cast you can see if the stall is clean you can see if they've you know got their blanket wrapped around their uh, legs you can you know there's just there's so much advantage to being able to see into the bottom of that stall it also you know promotes airflow and increases light what what do you guys use for your posts are you using six by sixes eight by eights four by fours what are you using for your corner posts so we pioneered the laminated wood column uh, system way back in the in the late seventies, early eighties. So rather than a solid sawn post, we use a column that's built in a press that's uh, multiple layers of two by sixes or two by eights, depending on the barn design. Typically, it's two by six. So you'll have three number one grade uh, two by sixes put together in a press, and this gives you a, a stronger, straighter column than what a solid post would. Uh, we also use what's called the Morton Foundation System, which is a precast concrete lower column. So we no longer put treated wood in the ground. So we have a precast concrete pier that we embed a minimum of four feet in the ground. And then we bolt that laminated column uh, to that pier when it's once it's up above the, the grade. So you're digging the hole and then you, you have this pre-made concrete thing, you drop it in the hole and then the post goes in that concrete. That's correct. Oh, that's interesting. That's probably much quicker for you guys to do too than doing it the other way. It yeah. it is it's a it's better than a solid sawn post for many reasons. You know, if you you've we've all seen even the highest quality six by sixes or four by sixes will have one big knot in them that yeah. compromises the whole post, or they twist. They're they're really bad for for twisting and cupping. So that's that's the basics on stalls. In the last segment we did, which you can still go back and listen to at the link I gave you earlier, we talked about the building itself. But one of the things we didn't discuss is what the building, the exterior is made of, whether it's metal or you know wood or cladding or, or any of that. So what do you guys recommend? What do you do the most? So our most common cladding, both roofing and siding, is a 26-gauge um, PVDF painted system. So, you know, not all colored. Uh, That's metal, right? Yeah, yeah. metal. What, what a lot of people refer to as tin. Mm -hmm. uh, not all corrugated metal roofing and siding is created equal. There's actually uh, vast differences in different qualities and, and materials. So gauge refers to the thickness of the material. And when it comes to metal thicknesses, the larger the number, the thinner the material. So a lot of builders, especially your low-cost budget builders or DIY type kits, will use a 29-gauge material. Seen, 26 and 29 yep. are the two I've yep. seen. So yeah, so 29 is about 20% thinner than the 26 that we use. Uh, and then another big difference is the paint that's used on it. We use a 70% PVDF, which is a big fancy uh uh, you know, expression for a very high quality exterior finish that resists fade and chalking for a long period of time where you're, you know, a lot of your lower cost builders will have a uh, polyester based paint, which will fade and chalk and crack and peel uh, rapidly. And the other consideration is fasteners. So we use a stainless fastener with a color matched head. We found that a lot of the rust and failure on metal roofing and siding begins at a low quality fastener. So choosing a, a very high quality fastener is, is paramount. Now, that's our standard. 
uh, and the most common, the most durable, and probably the most cost-effective. We also offer, you know, shingle roofs, which you, you know, everybody's familiar with a shingle roof. Uh, as far as siding goes, we can also do, you know, brick, stucco. Uh, we do a lot of hardy, hardy lap or hardy board and batten or some of the, you know, cement board type sidings. And those are all uh, style related uh considerations that we'll discuss with the homeowners. I do pity the people who have to put up the hardy board because I have seen hardy board and I've tried to lift a four by eight sheet of hardy board. Mm-hmm. It's made of concrete. I mean, it's, it is concrete. <laughs> it's really heavy. It, hardy is hardy is beautiful, uh, but it also has a maintenance component. So it will have to be painted every 10 to 15 years. Now, mm. if you're trying to match a home that has hardy, we love doing hardy because it just looks amazing, but just keep in mind, it will have a maintenance aspect to it over time. And it's heavy as heck. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, this has been great. Thanks, Dennis, for joining us again. If you're looking to build your stable or stall barn or riding arena, a Morton building is professionally built for your functional needs and your horse's safety and budget. Save now through February on new buildings during their building value days. And you can learn more at mortonbuildings.com slash project slash equestrian, or you can just scroll over on your podcast player and we'll have the link right there so you don't have to remember it. But Morton is the leader in building buildings in this in this country and and uh i certainly know a lot of people that have morton buildings and absolutely love them thanks dennis for joining us yes sir thank you well there you have it horse radio network has thousands of engaging podcasts for horse people and you can have them sent right to your phone just subscribe via your favorite podcast player This is Coach Jen, and I will be back again soon with another tip. Until then, go ride your horse. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements made by guests on the Horse Tip Daily. Please use your own judgment when listening to the tips on this show.